Well, good morning, saints. Hopefully you all are doing well today. Are y'all doing well? Okay, okay. <laughs> I'm not going to uh, preach the, from the text that's uh, listed in the worship guide this morning. Uh, the, I believe you know, the Holy Spirit gave me a different text and message to share with y'all today. And I want to take a few moments and talk about from where does our help come? From where does our help come? When life is hard, from where does our help come? When your health begins to fail, from where does your help come? When you're tired and weary, where does your help come? When our relationships are, are falling apart, from, from where does our help come? As the coronavirus spreads in our country and state, from where does our help come? As you watch news out, news about this virus, from where does our help come? As you read what's happening in Italy, from where does our help come? As, as sports leagues and, and large events are canceled, from where does our help come? As schools closes, from where does our help come? As people buy up all the milk and toilet tissue and, and hand sanitizer, from where does our help come? As your fear and concern and anxiety rises, from where does your help come? The answer and the comfort is found in Psalm 121. The answer and the comfort is found in Psalm 121. Receive God's word today from Psalm 121. I lift my eyes to the hills. From where does my help come? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He would not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you would not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is the shade on your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. This is God's holy, inerrant, perfect word. Please pray with and for me. Holy Spirit, we are always in need of your presence. We always need your guidance. You're moving in us. You are the one who truly gives us understanding of the scriptures. It doesn't necessarily come from the other books we read. It comes from you. Apart from you, Spirit, there is no understanding. Apart from you, Spirit, lives are not changed. Apart from you, Spirit, people are not saved. People are not called out of the kingdom of darkness. Apart from you, Holy Spirit. And so I pray that you will move in the hearts of everyone that is here and and in the hearts of those who are not here. That you are the deposit that guarantees our inheritance. You are. And you live in each of us if we know Christ supernaturally. The same spirit that came in Acts 2. The same spirit that lives in God's people today. 
and you do not get tired and you do not grow weary. You are able. You are at work. You are moving. Minister to our unbelief. Minister to our fear. Minister to our tiredness. For our benefit. And for the glory of our God and King, Jesus Christ. It's in his name that I pray. Amen. The psalmist in the text uh, before us is, is, a pil- is a pilgrim on a journey. Not a pointless journey, not a defeated journey, not a directionless journey. That there's a clear a destination. But the psalmist is, is going to Jerusalem, to the temple, going to worship Yahweh corporately with other Israelites. You see, Psalm 121 is a song of ascent. And it's one of the 15 songs of ascent that, that the Israelites were singing as they journeyed back to Jerusalem three times a year for annual festivals. These are songs for the road, songs for the journey. And the psalmist in our text is contemplating the journey before him. He says, I lift my eyes to the hills. I look up at the mountains, contemplating the journey, wondering what highs and lows would be encountered along the way, considering what friends or foes I would run across, the danger, the safety, the known and the unknown, the certainties and, and the uncertainties. Right now, the whole world is on a journey. I should have to hold the amen sign for that. Y'all should know by now what are amen statements. The whole world is on a journey, but it's not on a journey to Jerusalem, but to stop the spread of the coronavirus, right? To contain it, to test for it, to treat people who, who are diagnosed with it. And the journey is filled with so much information from news outlets, social media platforms, Medical experts, world leaders, some facts, some fiction, and some overhyped. And people who aren't even medical experts tweet, talk, and post like they are. But the average person, the average concerned person is contemplating, what does this mean for my life? My family, my neighbors, my community, my family members who are over 60, what does it mean for them? Trying to discern between what's fact and what's fiction. Who and what do I trust? Who is really telling me the truth? Then you have other people who are just indifferent, posting funny memes on social media. Some people think it's a hoax. We're just overreacting. But it's a reality, reality, reality check. People are sick. People are afraid. People have anxiety. People are concerned and people are dying. And many are lifting their eyes to the hills and asking this question, from where does my help come in times like these? From where does my help come in times like these? What about y'all? Are your eyes looking to the hills? Are you asking yourselves the question, from where does my help come? You might not be asking that question because of this virus, but you're asking it about something in your life. Because something's going on. And you're saying to yourself, from where does my help come in this thing, in this struggle, 
in this situation? I've been asking myself that question since September of last year because ministry in life has just been hard and stressful. My health isn't the best. I'm overweight. I'm struggling with depression, and I'm tired. And I don't need your pity. I need your prayers. You see, I've been running to my idols to help me cope. Usually that's comfort eating. I've been running to them for help, but you know, they haven't helped. Yesterday morning, before I started working on this sermon, we're writing this sermon, I, I communed with the God, the Father, for the first time this week. It was the first time I've communed with him this week was Saturday morning. And this is what I wrote to him in my journal. I said, today is the first day this week that I've had time just to be still before you, Father. I've been going and going without communing with you. And so I've been communing with my idols in order to cope with life this week. My soul, heart, and mind needed time alone with you, but I ignored their cry. Not now I'm here. I'm here to hear your voice. I'm here to be ministered to you. I'm here to let you be my water fountain. TVC Saints, where does your help come from? Where does it come from? The answer is in Psalm 121. The answer is a declaration of truth. It's a truth that only Christians can declare, affirm, believe, and share. And who are Christians? Who are they? They're people who have saving faith in Jesus, people who have surrendered their whole life to him as Lord and Savior because his life and his death and his resurrection is the only way they could be made right with the Holy God. If Jesus isn't your Savior, then you're declaring and affirming and believing and sharing all in vain. Receive him first. Give your life to him first. Come to him in faith first. Confess that you are a sinner separated from God in need of a Savior and repent of that sin. And next, you can surrender to him as your Lord and Savior, your whole self to Christ, and he will receive you. He'll forgive you. He'll redeem you. And you will be in union with him forever. If you have faith in Christ, you are in union with him. Union with him. And through this union, you can join with all other believers in declaring and affirming and believing and sharing the truth, the answer to this question, from where does my help come? And the psalmist tells us in verses 1 and 2, I lift my eyes to the hills. From where does my help come? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. Amen. It doesn't come from the mountains. Even though he's looking to the mountains. Doesn't come from Washington, D.C. Doesn't come from the stock market. Doesn't come from making good grades. Doesn't come from your material possessions. Doesn't come from any of those things. Help comes from the one who created the mountains. It's otherworldly help. Supernatural help. Transcendent, imminent help. But do we believe that? Do we rest in that? The one who created the heavens and the earth by the word of his power has the power to help his people. Give him some credit. And if you don't believe it, ask the Holy Spirit to help your unbelief. 
He is able to help all of his image bearers. Please know the help of the Lord isn't just extended to, to his people. He, he extends it to all people who created in his image. It's common grace. We can't just hoard it for ourselves. We affirm it, we believe it, and we share it with the world. Help coming from the Lord is the pillow we lay our heads down on every night. It's the cape we wear upon our shoulders. It's the surgical mask we put on our face. It's the lotion we lather our skin with. The Lord is your help, is your receipts. Present the receipts. Declare them, affirm them, believe them, and share them. From where does our help come? Our help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. Yahweh Elohim. That is either truth or it is a lie. Can't be both and. And we, and we as his people, if we can't rest in it, if we can't believe in it, then you can't share it with other people. In a time like this, do you believe God is your help? Or has he fallen asleep on the job? Do you really believe it? The psalmist truly believes the Lord is his helper and prays accordingly. Look at verses th- verse 3. He will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Those are declarations, but they are also Actually, prayer requests, prayers of supplication. The psalmist is saying, may he, may he not let your feet be moved, foot be moved. May he who keeps you not slumber. Do you understand what these prayers mean? Your foot represents your whole life as you journey through this life. And life always has two faces, saints, a happy face and a sad face. And you will encounter both of these faces on your journey. Good times and bad times. Sickness and health. Life and death. Restored relationships. Broken relationships. Joy and pain. Deliverance and suffering. Tears and and laughter. Success and failure. Ups and downs and highs and lows. Mountaintop experiences and experiences in the valley. Your family, your health, your church, your, your your finances, your relationships, your communities, and your cities will encounter these two faces of life. They will. And when the sad face shows up, you will ask yourself, from where does my help come? Because it's only a matter of time before the sad face comes. And for a lot of people in the world right now, that face is the coronavirus, and they're saying, from where does my help come? From where does my help come? It comes from the Lord who made the heavens and earth. And we as believers, we can pray for the world. May God not let the world's feet move. If the coronavirus spreads, we can pray. May he not let us slide into hopelessness. We can pray those prayers. A lot of people are praying, but there's only one group of people who are praying to a God listening. But are we praying? A lot of people are praying right now. But there's only one group who's praying to a God that's listening, and that's us. Pray. Prayer makes a difference. 
May your helper not let your foot be moved when life happens to you, when the storms come. May he not let you wander off into despair. When success comes, may may he not let you slip off into pride and self-sufficiency. When grief comes, may he not let you drift off into isolation. You can pray those things. May the one who keeps you not slumber. May he not get drowsy while watching, watching over you. May God not put his head down when life happens to you. May he not shut his eyes to your life and your fears and your concerns and your anxieties. Listen, saints, you can pray these prayer requests with great confidence and, and, and assurance and trust. Why? The psalmist tells us in verse 4, pay attention, he says. Behold, he says, he who keeps Israel will need to slumber and not sleep. That is a declaration, but do you believe it? He is an on-time God. Now, he might not come when you want him to, but he'll be there right on time. He comes on time as our aid, as our comforter, as our sustainer, supporter, provider, and refuge. He comes as Emmanuel. From where does our help come? Our help comes from the Lord, saints, who made heaven and earth. Declare it, affirm it, believe it, and share it. But now I know Sometimes it's hard to believe, to affirm, to share this truth. Because it, it can often feel like the Lord is sleeping. Have you ever felt that way? Come on now. I'm not, I'm not the only one. You have felt like God is sleeping on the job. It can, it can often seem like his eyes are closed. It can appear that he's not helping. And let's just be honest. When I think about somebody helping me and keeping me, I think it means protecting me from evil. Like no suffering, no no discomfort, no hardship, no sickness, no loss, and definitely no coronavirus. That's what I think it means. But Psalm 121 can easily be taken as pie in the sky if we're not careful. Pointless words with no power. But here's the thing. God has not promised a pain-free life. He hasn't promised a suffering-free life. He hasn't promised a disease and virus-free journey. But he has promised that he would be with us to the end. When life happens to you, Yahweh Elohim is still keeping you. God isn't resting. He isn't taking a nap. He doesn't need a five-hour energy drink to watch over your life. He's awake, forever watching and over his beloved people, forever watching over his creation. This is still his creation. Yes, it fell in Genesis 3, but it's still his. And he's working. He's redeeming. He even watches over people who don't even know him because of his common grace. The atheist couldn't say he didn't believe in God if God didn't let him say it. (laughs) His life is still there because God allows him to live. Psalm 159 says, this I know, God is for me. Declare it, affirm it, believe it, and share it. Don't hoard it. Share it. In verse 5a, the psalmist says, the Lord is your keeper. 
your keeper, your protector, your defender, your champion, your provider, your guardian. Do you know what it means to say someone is at your right hand? This is my right hand man. This is my right hand woman. It refers to a person you, you can always count on in hard times and good times. Yahweh Elohim is your right hand. Look at verse 4b. The Lord is also the shade on your right hand. Here's the thing. He's not your right hand from a distance. Think about what that means. He's not saying, go ahead. I'm right here. I'm behind you. But you go first. No, he's in the trenches with you. He's your right hand up close and personal. He's standing with you as your protector, defender, and guardian. But do you believe that? Not done yet. Do you believe that? Again, saints, if we don't believe it, the ones who are praying to a real God, how can we expect to give hope to a world that is almost in chaos right now? How can we? It starts with us. Verses four, six to eight says, The sun should not strike you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. Now you, like I said, you can read the, these verses. And you can read the whole psalm, and it can be pie in the sky. And but here's another question. Does, does help coming from the Lord means we don't follow the recommendations and guidelines concerning the coronavirus? Does it, does it what it means? No. Our help, God's help, often comes through ordinary and natural means. His right hand can be the recommendations from our governor. Him keeping your life and keeping it from evil can be you taking what is happening seriously and governing your life accordingly. Don't take these words from Psalm 121 and use them as a justification not to follow what the federal government and the CDC has recommended that we do. Paul says in Ephesians 5, Look carefully, then, how you walk. Not as unwise, but as wise. Making the best use of your time. Because the days are evil, therefore do not be foolish. But understand what the will of the Lord is. The will of the Lord is for you to love your neighbor as yourself and how you choose to deal with this virus. You might not have it, but somebody else may do. You might not be afraid, but somebody down your street is afraid. And the way you respond. Love them. We have an opportunity to acknowledge the fears of other people and point them to our champion. And you can even say to them, guess what? I'm afraid too. But you know who I run to when I'm afraid? His name is Jesus. Now, does that mean I'm not going to, I'm not going to follow, I'm going to follow what the regulations say of Romans 13. But I don't lose hope. I'm not hopeless. I'm not in despair. Because of who my God is. Because of who my God is. He's always on the clock. Day and night. Day and night. In the valleys, he's on. On the mountaintops, he's on. When life happens to you, he is on. Leading you, sustaining you, and guiding you. Sometimes your feelings lie to you about what God is actually doing. 
And when your feelings lie to you and you can't believe it, then you need to call upon a brother and sister and say, I'm having a hard time believing God is my help. And they will give you the gospel. They will share and remind you that the Lord is your shepherd. Who do you call when you can't believe truth? Who is the hands and feet of Jesus for you when when it's hard for you to believe? Reach out and call somebody. Let them speak truth into your life. He won't keep us from experiencing pain and even evil, but he will see us through it. He'll make a way for us somehow. He promises to be your shepherd. And he hasn't brought you this far now to just leave you hanging. If he has made a way to fix what Adam and Eve did, and he can fix what's going on now. Again, give him some credit. Give him some credit. You will be afflicted in every way, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not driven to despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. There's a hymn written by William Williamson. It's one of my favorite hymns. It says, Guide me, O thou great Jehovah, pilgrim through this barren land. I am weak, but thou art mighty. Hold me with thy powerful hand. Bread of heaven, bread of heaven, feed me till I want no more. Open now the crystal fountain from which the healing waters flow. Let the fire and the cloudy pillar pillar lead me all my journey through. Strong deliverer, be still my strength and shield. Strong deliverer, be still our strength and shield. Let us pray. From where does our help come? Our help comes from the Lord who made heaven, heaven and earth. And you are not asleep. You are fully awake. And what we're going through now, you will see us through. My prayer is that your people who live around the world, who are called by your name, that we will believe what Psalm 21 says and that we will share it, affirm it, believe it for ourselves. Help us to love our neighbor as ourselves. Help us to be the hands and feet of Christ. Help us to look for opportunities to serve our city as a church. We can acknowledge the fear. We can acknowledge the concern. But we can acknowledge it with confidence in knowing that our God is still sovereign over us. So, Holy Spirit, our helper, help your people this week in this city, in this world, in this country. And I pray for all of this in Christ's wonderful name. Amen. Please stand.